Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Yeah. 
You're listening to Trailer Rewind, a monthly conversation about movies you may have missed in theaters and are now available on streaming services. Every month we dig into the archives and view a film that Pete and Andy talked about in their trailer picks. JJ and I watch it and have a very spoilery conversation about it. Today, we're going to be talking about Anomalisa. This was Andy's pick from November 6, 2015. Today is February 20th, 2018, and Anomalisa is currently available on Hulu. Also Amazon Prime. And Amazon Prime. Oh, it's one of those two furs. Yep, okay. Yep, that's where I watch. There we go. Hulu or Amazon Prime. Before we go any further, you should check out our ever-expanding back catalog for this show and its sibling shows over at thenextreel.com. And if you've stumbled upon us for some reason, you can subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And whether you have just found us or have been listening for a while and become a fan of the show, you can easily become part of our community. Supporting us as a patron on patreon.com slash the next reel gets you connected with us on our Discord community where there's always a fun conversation about films. You also get exclusive Patreon only weekly Saturday matinee episodes. That's the new home of trailer picks and discussions of weekly film news and the lists. What is it to be human? What is it to ache? What is it to be alive? Each person you speak to has had a day. Some of the days have been good, some bad. Each person you speak to has had a childhood. Each has a body. Each body has aches. JJ, Andy said Anomalisa looks really interesting because it's stop motion animation and it seemed fitting for the way Charlie Kaufman had been going in his career. What did, what did, what did he mean by that? Fitting for the way he's going in his career. Well, if you look at, I think, some of the themes in his movies, going even way back to like being John Malkovich, there's like the whole like marionette thing. And he said he was kind of concerned because of Kaufman's film prior to this, which was Synecdoche, New, New York, which was about um, basically creating a whole miniature version of New York inside. I think it was like an airplane hangar or something like that. So it's, you know, creating different versions of reality. And so I think he's talking about this is sort of how, you know, giving us a film that is, you know, could be done with real actors to a certain extent, but using that stop motion animation, I think sort of playing with reality and puppetry sure so it's sort of that sort of next step so he he was concerned because he was not a fan of synecdoche new york but pete he predicted that the use of animation would take help take this story to the next level but ultimately that this film was going to be underappreciated well first of all before before we say anything how could this movie have been done with real life you don't think it could have been done with real life? it would had to be computer i mean it had to have some measure of animation to be able to pull off the the multiple characters with one with appearance. one with one face and one voice and sort of that creating that right. Yes. I, I guess there are ways that you could do that. I mean, there's you know, there's you, you require a lot of computer work, you know, to either to composite all yeah. of those things together or doing face replacements or so. Yes, I agree that that part of it would make <laughs> it easier to do with with the the animation but i guess one of the pieces about this is why do something with animation that is really a story that's so rooted in real life i the animation piece you know having everyone the same 
face and voice. I didn't get it for a while, which it, it makes me feel a little sheepish. Makes me because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any expectations going into the movie. I didn't know anything about it, so I was just kind of along for the ride. And I think it, it and I'm embarrassed about it because I didn't catch what was going on until like 17 minutes in. Um, uh, you know, they start the the film starts with this sort of um, overture of voices that are all the same voice, um, and then you know you've got this face which they actually picked a really interestingly bland stop motion face to be able to do this character that becomes everyone. I think they that that was executed very well, but I didn't really realize that these were different people that were presenting as the same uh, mundane plain person until the phone call with his wife and kid. Oh, okay. From the hotel room, uh, which I, I should have known before then, but I, in, in general, it, the, the film, it, it really takes its time. It, it, throughout everything it's it's setting up everything and it kind of has to right because the whole me- message about this is that life is f- for for the main character for um michael stone life has become um plain and everything is plain and everything is the same so lulling lulling you into that sameness is really <laughs> key to the beginning of the movie Unfortunately, I was terribly lulled by that and really had difficulty sticking with it. In fact, staying awake at the beginning was very difficult for me um, because it's not, I mean, it doesn't pull you in to its grand statement for a while, um, which I I know is by design. But for me, that, that, that was something that was really difficult for me in watching this movie. Well, yeah, I, I agree. It it took me a while to, to figure it out as well. Because I thought, well, these, I mean, the voices, I got the sense that, okay, there's, the voices sound very similar, the, similar, the faces, I didn't quite connect with that until I think maybe the, the bellhop, because you've got the guy on the plane and the cab driver, but they have different hair and different clothes and you're dealing with puppets. So, you know, there's a certain, you know, I guess, lack of variety that I'm expecting, but it wasn't until I guess I saw like the bellhop and the, you know, the desk manager where I'm like, Oh, okay. Everybody has the same voice. They all have the same face. It's this just faceless, you know, other, you know, he, he, he doesn't connect with anybody and everybody just is the same boring person to him. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I think, yes, the, the phone call with his wife, that that would make sense to me why that's going to really stand out because he's talking with his wife, then he's talking with his son, Henry, and the voice is exactly the same. Um, yeah. and, and that was where I was like, oh, wait a second. This is something very different. This is, yes. So we, because before that, I was thinking, is there some mechanical reason that the puppets all have to look alike? Right. But, but he doesn't look alike, but he doesn't look like them right. at all. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He, he very much stands out. His face is very distinct from, from everyone else's, and his voice is very distinct as well. But but you, yeah, it, it's not until you have two, because so many of the earlier conversations is just him with one other person. It's not so you have two of the other people talking to each other that you realize, or, or they're you know in conversation near proximity to one another that you get the sense, oh no, no, they they both have the same voice, right? Okay, so if, if we look at Charlie Kaufman and what his films often, you know focus on people with you know struggling with their identity or figuring out who they are or their place in the world or memory or just trying to connect with other people this is sort of like the penultimate version of that right because you've got a guy who's in a world with people that he sees as just all sort of like robot clones of of each other 
So given that you've now realized that's sort of the the main sort of essence of the story, what do you think about the story that we are given and what it's telling us or ultimately what Michael learns or we're supposed to learn or if, if we are to learn anything from this story, I guess, how did you feel about the journey that we, we are taking on in this, this world of, of Michael Stone, where it's him and, uh, and just everyone else? Oh, I found it terrifying. It was very dark. Everything was very dark to me about it. Um, I, I understand the sentiment and I personalized the sentiment a lot. And it was really tough for me to um, get out of the dark statement that it was, that it was trying to push about the way that people view the world about in particular love and life. Um, That being said, it it is, it's relatively simple, right? It's the movies an hour and 25 minutes long. So it's, it's a relatively simple statement that's taken to an extreme that you get to, of course, when he's all of a sudden presented with this horrifying dream and how does that work into his life and, and how does the character really reconcile the fact that everyone is 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 the same? Um, it, but the the reason why I bring that up is because I find that w- the way that I felt about this movie, one of the things you know we we've talked about on this show when we talked about the lobster, for example, which is a similarly dark and um, and I guess a dark comedic statement about love and life. Um, I liked that there was a whole lot of different application of the metaphor and the different pieces of the story in, in the lobster. My approach with the lobster or my, my what I was left with with the lobster was that um, there was a lot for it to say and there was a lot to talk about. This movie, while doing it to an extreme and doing it in a, in a really uh, innovative way, I don't know that there's a whole lot to talk about. There aren't multiple pieces of metaphor to approach that that I can pull out of it. And so it what the effect it had on me then was just extremely dark highlighted darkness about this man's approach and the, what this man sees love and life like and uh and and it was it was pretty hard for me to watch, which doesn't make it bad, but um but it it made it intense. So I think about those other movies that you're talking about with Charlie Kaufman, um I think it falls right in line. <laughs> it's definitely dark, and and through execution, you can either uh, sit on the side of light with it, or you can see the sort of difficulty that Charlie uh, brings in terms of uh, human connection, because that definitely is expressed in this movie. Well, it, it's interesting you mentioned the lobster because the the first time that I heard of either of the lobster or Anomalisa, it was uh, NPR, and I think. They had they these had both played same festival and one of the correspondents was talking about you know these odd movies and they mentioned both of these in the same breath because they just saw some similarities in terms of films that took a unique approach to dealing with people and the struggles with sort of interpersonal relationships of building a connection to another person and doing so in a with a story that is just so different and outside the box and you know did not did not give a lot of spoilers because they said i i can't tell you too much because i don't want to give you know so much away that it's going to ruin your experience of the film which I can understand for the lobster. This one, I don't know that there's a lot to give away. I, it's a oh, re- really well. I feel like there really is well, well, really a lot. Well, okay, so what? <laughs> because it's that one note and it's that one story. The turns in the story become really 
central to what is going to be revealed about Michael and about his view on again love and life. Yeah, I mean this this is the thing that I, or did you guess it? Is that the point? Like you figured this was going to happen to him. Oh, what was going to happen with with Lisa ultimately? Yes. At, at the yes. at the end. I was trying to get a sense of it al- along the way and I should have seen it coming I in the morning when they're sitting out having breakfast. His attitude starts to change, and I thought, "Oh no!" I, I I had a sense of where it was going at that point. Right prior to that, yep. Prior to that, no, I I did not because I, and I guess what I tried to piece together was what had gotten him to this point where he had really disconnected himself from everybody. For you know the the guy sitting next to him on the plane and the cab driver and the people at the hotel, that makes sense. The fact that it, you know, his wife and then uh, his, so his wife Donna and then his, you know, th- his girlfriend from before he was married, Bella. I knew there were issues with those relationships, and I get. I guess I didn't know until, yeah. I guess when he hears Lisa's voice and it's different. I mean, I guess that's thrilling because it, it really caught me off guard because you're so used to hearing every other voice other than Michael sound the same. So that when he hears this other voice. I think it's as surprising to us as it is to him that there is that there's someone else right out there. What what I didn't anticipate, I guess, was that Bella and Donna, at previous points in his life, had also been, you know, like that. And and now saying their names together, Bella and Donna, Bella Donna, I <laughs> didn't even think about the wordplay that's going on with how they're together yes Uh, (laughs) i i think you know ultimately you know we we need to talk about it as it as it's a spoiler on this show and the you know you ask the question here what what moment will i remember remember several years from now and you talk about that breakfast where they come to the breakfast the morning after that they've uh, made love and uh and they're so they come with so much enthusiasm and over time, as they're talking, Michael loses his belief of uniqueness in Lisa, and she slowly morphs into <laughs> everyone else with the same voice. For right. a long time, it's two voices, and it, and and it's this shot, and it's tough with stop motion animation, but it's this shot of Lisa's face, but backlit from the outside of the hotel window that's kind of giving her this halo that makes her fuzzy and difficult to make out and it's it's powerful and it's and it's it's dark it's it's this terribly lonely person who thought he was found his ticket out of loneliness and then realizing that there that the the difficulty is within him not within the world around him and that was wow it was heartbreaking it was a heartbreaking moment for me well, yes, I mean, it is. But I I saw that coming because when he and this is what I struggle with this story is why Lisa, because it's just a voice he hears. It's not like he sees her from across the room and somehow visually she stands out. It's something in her. He, he just hears her voice and he tracks her down. From the com- just from the get go, the conversation you realize these are two people from two different worlds. I mean, Michael. I mean, it's it's his story, and I'd say we're presented it from his point of view. So, I mean, he's a successful businessman. He's got a a book that's apparently you know very popular, popular enough that he's asked to go out on speaking engagements. So this is what he does for a living. So he's he's productivity a, up ninety yeah, percent. Yep, <laughs> he's an expert in his field, and Lisa is you know. She's not 
anything special. She's, you know, works in, you know, read his book, learned from him. But, you know, in terms of, I don't see her on his level, really. It's not like she's a, a perfect match for him. She's not, you know, the top in her field. She's not one of these ambitious go-getters. She's somebody that's just, you know, a person that goes in and she does her job and she's read this book and it's helped her understand how to do her job better. But she's just sort of one of those worker bees of, you know, she does those things, whereas he's sort of, you know, outside that bubble. So I really struggled with what was the connection between the the two of them? Because I, I could tell this, this can't last because they just don't have that much in common. It's, there was not, there wasn't that meet cute where it's like, Oh, these two deserve each other. They deserve to be together. So at breakfast, when, whether it's the clanking of a fork on her teeth or the fact that she starts talking about the zoo, which is exactly what the cab driver was telling him. It's just like the mundane, boring yeah. parts of existence. I saw that, yeah, this wasn't going to last. And it's a it's a bigger statement about, you know, his worldview and how something simple that doesn't seem like it should trigger uh, some a simple anomaly that shouldn't trigger anything within him. He opened he opened his heart up for a very short window um and and again it's it it goes back to the part that the the difficulty is with him and it's not with the world and that's ultimately the resolution that we get at the end of the film too as we see that emily has a different face too and that um that it's that the problem is within the perceiver not within the perceived right and that gets to sort of my moment that i that really stuck out for me in this is when he gets out of the shower and he's, he's looking at his face in the mirror and his face just starts like freaking out. Yeah. What's and that? What yeah, was that? I, yeah. Because it's, Oh, and that, that was the part where I thought, okay, choosing the stop motion animation was really interesting because, okay, there's, there's other ways you can do that, but it almost appears like he was about to remove his face. You know, yep. things are, they're jostling around and, and because of the way the puppets are designed, like the whole, you know, like right, right across the eye line is where like the forehead part is one piece. And then like the lower part of the face is a separate piece. And I, I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting stylistically to do that because that sort of shows a little bit behind the curtain of animation of how you would have different pieces that you would put on there to, for different facial expressions. And that's just the mechanics of the puppetry. And we can see a little bit of that in the seams in the face, but then to then make that part of the story of his face is actually like twitching and freaking out and it almost looks like he's about to to <laughs> creepy to take that piece off um yeah it makes me wonder about you know is this supposed to be a story in the world of puppets that realize they're puppets and that's what he's getting at and i thought okay i'm getting way too far the fact that that then comes to his realization that it is it's a problem with him with how he's perceiving things because if he can look at himself and see himself not as he truly is which is this whole facial freak out then yeah, he's got to wonder about or be aware of and conscious of, you know, that he's got some issues with how he perceives everybody else. And that's a problem with him. And he I don't I don't know what if the resolution of the story, if there's anything that he can do or if he's just now accepted it or not. I, I don't know. That's the I don't think he did. That's the that's the the saddest thing about this movie is what he does. His motivational speech is out there telling telling as customer service telling people about how everybody out there wants to be loved and you need to treat people as individuals. And it's the one it's like the one thing that he's successful for is 
basically alive because he's not even capable of doing that himself. Well, you could look at it that way. You could also look at it that because he is so devoid of it, yeah. that he is able to write it because he's so desperate to feel it, right? So he's he's cloaked himself in this experience of not not seeing anyone as different. So he's he's informing people. He's giving people advice saying, do everything you can to make sure that everyone has a, a unique and personal experience with you because that's what we all want. And, you know, you think about his terribly lonely spirit that just doesn't have anything special in the world. Yeah. I mean, ugh, it's brutal. And then, you, you know, you think about um, what you get from a Charlie Kaufman movie, um, you know, that I don't think it's resolved at the end. I think he's he's questioning reality, which is is a theme for Charlie Kaufman and um, and and not necessarily through questioning his reality, actually coming to a resolution that makes life better for him. It's it's showing that the fact that we question whether we exist and the existence of people at all in this movie um is is not necessarily a question that's going to help us feel better about our existence. It's just something that we're beset with if if we have those types of things, which it, I have in life. I don't know if everybody has. That's why I think when you watch this movie, similar to the other Charlie Kaufman movies, you're either going to be bored and bored, confused and disappointed by it, or it will take you into a very deep uh, and potentially dark place. Uh, so you have to really kind of be open to that experience if you're going to want to go and check out this movie to prep for our conversation i had to sort of break out the sequences in the movie so i would have sort of touchstones because there's not a lot of plot to it it's just a you know a day in the life of i mean if you've ever wondered if there's a video cam in your hotel room i mean this is what it looks like he he walks into the room and we've got long continuous shot of him just walking in he's going to go to the bathroom he's going to unpack his bag he's going to flip through the phone book he's going to order room service he's going to call home and have a short it's super boring Uh, yeah it's really really boring you know (laughs) <laughs> yes it's you can just, say it i mean yeah, it's meant it, to be that's it, the, it, that's the no, hard part no it is in evaluation it, it of is film. and that's where i wonder how well this holds up because to to a second you know or, or repeated viewing or if if it's even necessary or is this a film where you get it on the first and there's not a need to go back and rewatch it because it is really straightforward i think there are some pieces to put together on a, a second viewing perhaps would would you watch it again and is that a strength of the film or is that a, a flaw in the film? I'm not going to watch it again. Okay. I'll say that. Um, but I will recommend it in a careful way to some people. But I definitely don't want to be in the room while they experience it. <laughs> I will want to talk to them afterwards. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I, I get... I, like I want, I want to talk about it, but I, it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it was painful. It was a painful experience for me. I, I don't, I wouldn't choose to watch it again. Well, as, as I was watching, I was watching it on, on my laptop and mm-hmm. my wife was, was sitting next to me. She was working on something. I've got headphones on and she just sort of looks over. And of course, you know, a couple of times she looks over and then at one point she looks over and she's just like, Really? male nudity on a puppet what's with that i was like well and that's not the most graphic thing <laughs> no it. it's not full but... <laughs> full frontal male puppet nudity is not the most graphic thing in this movie that the puppets do no. so well i should say maybe it is the most graphic but it's yeah. not the most it's not the most controversial we'll say that well are you you're talking wow. about as i jokingly tease andy that this is the, is the little puppet porn movie where you you know Th- this is puppet porn this, <laughs> but this I, movie you know, is puppet porn. but to me it, I mean, I know, again, to me, it's appropriate because it just fits in with 
like this is just straight on real life and 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 we're we're getting that in in all its you know ugly just boring and boring that's the thing i saw one comment somewhere it was a it, maybe it was someone's review of the movie said this is the most human movie that came out this year which you know they, they're playing on yeah. the irony and the fact that it's right. stop motion but it's totally true i mean his that that scene that you just described about yeah. him coming into the the hotel room it's really boring and it's yeah. it's boring for effect but as i i went through sort of the scenes i did notice that we're getting all these little pieces along the way of sort of where I can see for Michael where his perspective on life is coming from. Because there's early on when he's in the hotel, he walks down the hallway to get like a bucket of ice to bring back to his room. So I'm like, why, why are we even seeing this? Why is this necessary to see him walking down the hall, get ice and come back? It's a couple of minutes. What is it giving us? But what's go, what's important is what's going on in the hallway as he's walking down is there's a married couple that's arguing. Right. Animated. Of, uh, yeah so they're just in the hallway just like swearing at each other i thought about that i thought well this just sort of goes back to reinforce sort of michael's outlook on life of like relationships don't work and people don't there are there are no happy endings there are no you know it's not possible even you know this young married couple or whatever that they're they can't get along they can't connect it's just more information back to him of like people don't connect well with each other that relationships fail and as i sort of looked you know as i was going through i'm like yeah that's all this is is sort of his day and his failed interactions with people even he's so disconnected from what's appropriate i mean he goes to a toy store that is not (laughs) a toy toy store store. for kids and a sex toy store and buys like the most inappropriate toy for his kid i'm like dude where's your common sense do you not understand how kids japanese sex doll yes for his to bring home for for his his young child child yeah i mean this guy just does not understand at all and i mean that that for me that one pushed it a little far of like come on there's there's common sense I mean, to say, I don't understand yeah. what's an appropriate toy for a kid. I mean, to me, that's pushing it a little bit. Maybe somebody... It's Charlie did. Kaufman's world, man. Yeah, I know. I mean, all the other pieces I can see it's where it's for a point, relationships for sure. that are that are transactional, you know, of people don't... Have, what's appropriate ways to interact. Even on the, the opening scene on the airplane, as the airplane lands, he's talking to the passenger next to him who's apologizing to him. It's a man saying, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I... I'm sorry I grabbed your hand, you know, I something like he usually flies with his wife and, you know, whatever. And Michael's like, oh, that's okay. Please let go of my hand now, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny. But again, it gets to that people not, you know, understanding the appropriate ways to interact with each other of, you know, physical contact is is always awkward. I want to make one point about the Japanese doll, and that's it was used to an interesting effect, because when we talk about the last the last shot of Michael in the film, they do show another shot after that, is him as his house is filled with people that he doesn't recognize because they all look the same and they all sound the same. He's sitting on the stairs and listening to the doll, which sounds different. And the interesting oh, thing about okay. that is the only other voice in the whole movie that was different was Lisa before she changed. And I don't think Michael realizes it because he's just kind of transfixed. But I think that's a statement of, well, you know, what's animate? What's inanimate? You know, it, it, puppets versus dolls you know all these things it's um 
it, it's a statement to be made there, but they didn't have to do it with the Japanese sex toy. I agree with that. But it, it is a different voice, unless it's very high-pitched. <laughs> it's just a high-pitched falsetto of, of, of the man. Uh, who is the man that did all those voices? So the one, one man did all the, vo- the voices. Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan yeah. did, wow. did the voices of everyone else. And I will tell you, I really got tired of that voice. But I, I got <laughs> really tired of it in the movie. But I mean, the thing that's <laughs> so interesting. I can imagine oh, what yeah. Michael was dealing with. But the thing is, it's interesting, is it's not like monotone. I mean, it's an expressive nope. voice. Nope. And I think it's interesting, even though the tone is the same, you can tell the difference between male and female characters with the voice. I mean, he's, he, I mean, he he's did an amazing you know, job on, on the film. I yeah. mean, Tom Noonan, for what he had all the, heavy, yeah. not all the heavy lifting, but a, a particular version of yes. heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, he had... <laughs> a lot of different people to do but you know to make the distinction between male and female and just inflection and i guess sort of the flow and pattern of speech to to still have that same sound but yeah i could tell when you know he's on the phone with his wife the difference between the the mother and the son you can tell even though it's the same tone but just the the flow and pattern of speech is is different, which I think is great because it gives you that sense of they're all different. It makes it stops it from becoming this just monotonous noise with everybody he interacts with, but it still gets that sense of sameness. Yep, this movie is a well executed dark comic tragedy. Are there parts of it? I mean, that that did not work for you. I mean, I I know it's not necessarily something you want to go back and watch, but were there parts that you'd say, this just was not executed well, or this didn't work for me? Or is it just a case of the story did what it needed to do, I just don't need to see it again? Well, I give the filmmakers a lot of grace in this, because even in the parts where I was bored or, 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 or disappointed, I guess, is what we're talking about here, or didn't work for me, I think they're doing it on purpose. So I don't... Um, I don't think the things didn't work because I, I believe that everything they were doing was doing for effect. So um, so I wouldn't say that it didn't work, but I will say that if you do not go with the sort of mind bender uh, aspects of Charlie Kaufman movies, you will not like this movie. The first half hour will be uh, really confusing and boring and terrible. But if you do want to go with that, if you want to take that trip, and it's kind of a, a psychedelic trip into uh, what this means and, and and applying it to yourself and the sort of poetic thing, then it's going to work. But if 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 that stuff is outside your realm at all, you would. There's no way that you're going to like this movie. It's so boring. It's so boring. I mean, Michael's life is terrible. Like honestly, like I, the last thing I want after this movie is to be Michael, and you have to spend an hour and a half being Michael. You really do. It's it's gross. Well, and, that, and that's a challenge with the film because when I think about you know how enjoyable a film is, or you know rewatching it, there there are some films that I will say yes, they're great films, and I don't need to see them more than once. Like Dancer in the Dark is a film that just is an emotional like nightmare for me. Um, I, I love the artistry in that. But I would not subject myself to it again. And then there are films that it, well, Requiem you, for a Dream. Yeah, okay. it goes in that I, category. I, I still haven't seen that one because of Oof. of that. I I know I need to, but I know it's like I have to prep myself for that one to to sort of put myself through that experience because I know it's not something I'm just gonna like lightly put on. Uh, I, I I don't want to be yeah. Uh, you know, it's too powerful a movie to not walk away negatively affected by. 
Right. But would you say that Anomalisa fits in that same category? Is it? Ooh, that's a good question. Is it because does it have that power or is it something else? No. Okay. It, it does. It 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 it's not of that quality. It, it's 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 that creative of an idea. And honestly, like it's it's a great it's a great piece of art. I think it's 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 special for that reason. But I'm not going to be talking about an Anomalisa in the same sort of um, weight that I give to Requiem for a Dream. That that there's so much to that movie and so much so much weight, so much heaviness that comes from Requiem for a Dream. This is a very simple, heavy, dark uh, idea. Um, but in in general, it's it it doesn't have that sort of uh, that sort of legs. I think. Well, as you I think you said, it's boring. It's a boring film, <laughs> but it's boring on purpose. <laughs> but so it's, I it's don't a, know. right. So yeah, I think. Well, it's you know that it's intentional, right? And so I guess that's that's what's the redeeming quality of this is that it's setting out to be boring, but it's it's doing that intentionally. It's not through failure to execute something that's what it is trying to execute is to give you a plain and boring life because that's what this is is really right. about is about michael's struggle to f- connect with somebody in a world w- of people that he finds completely boring or annoying plain. or un- un- uninteresting at all right which i think sort of maybe that's the dark comedy to it is he's not that interesting of a person himself either at all you know he's <laughs> at all. he set this like high bar for what you know he find needs to find the people or, or maybe even not and i guess that comes back to why lisa because again she's nothing special what made so, her the the bright lights so, of the so, unique voice and they never say it but the reality is if he was being transparent and he could communicate like he should be able to, he could say, because you're different than everyone else. But the irony of that is, is that in his perception, eventually she becomes the same as everyone else. So what a beautiful statement that would be to say that to her. But then that's really the kind of, I think the artistic statement that the filmmakers are are saying here is that that's really difficult for us to articulate because it's a moving target. And eventually you get to know someone and the novelty wears off. And ugh, even just saying it makes me feel sad. <laughs> oh, it's so tough. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough movie. But if you enjoy, you know, exploring those aspects of your psyche, psyche it's gonna be you're gonna you're gonna want to see this movie because it's a again a well executed piece of dark comedic art. I guess that leaves us at a point where we can discuss. Oh, our, sure. Our, yeah. our rankings and sort of where yep. where this movie falls on our flick chart and letterboxed and where you yep. where you place this film because it, yeah it's it's a unique one and I I struggled with it because uh, I I I find the rewatchability a high factor when I'm determining my, sure. my my ratings but like I said there are some that I I appreciate the artistry of them because they have that powerful impact and I can say well I I'm never going to watch it but it it excels at what it's what it's doing and this to me doesn't fall there and so what i found was what when i flick charted it it did not do so well what number is it so out of my uh where am i at 305 it ended up at 268 so okay so it's it's down there because it just i know what it was trying to do and i think it did it but it just was not an enjoyable experience for me um and i i understand the story but i i yeah i just it's not like i said 
wow, this I really connected with what it's saying and value that and think this is important. Because to me, this was almost, I guess, what I felt like was Charlie Kaufman's like his manifesto of, I'm sorry, I'm an oddball that can connect with people, but here's what my life is like. And you don't understand how hard it is to be a person that is neurotic and can't connect with people and puts barriers between himself and everybody else. But that's I who sure I am. His life is not like this. I, I, wow. sure, I sure hope not. But that's, yeah. that's what that's what I got as the story was of like, here's a person that just has barriers and is so neurotic that he can't connect with people. And we and I, I don't I assume we're trying to have some sympathy since he's the main character or try to connect. And to me, I was just like, no, he's just a, no, he's just not a good person. And I, so I, th- what percentage is that for you on flick chart? 268 of 305. That puts it at, uh, oh. let's see. It, it reports that. So that's somewhere in the twenties, right? 20 high 20 percentage. Mine is in the is 32%. So mine's on the bottom half too. Um, it showed up as 115 out of 168 for me. And the, the movies that it falls between, like there's no, you can draw no pa- patterns from this. It's below Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And above the Andromeda strain. And I mean, honestly, I, I can't figure out why it fits there in particular, but I will tell you that this movie, because of its content and because of its stop motion, uh, sort of the, that nature, it leads to uh, what we call flick chart hate crimes all over the place because oh, there's yeah. almost no way to compare this to lots of movies. Again, I think it's a thoughtful idea, but it's kind of a big execution of one note where, so I found myself doing that a lot. Like if it felt like a, it was competing against a movie that was bigger in general, a bigger story, it usually, it usually got put down. So I'm 32%. Oh, okay. And how many stars did you find? So I give it three stars, which sounds strange because we're talking so negatively about it. And I actually right. give it a like, too, because, I, again, I think it's an innovative idea that's that's executed really well. Um, it's just it's just a dark movie. It's going to be it, it, you're going to see it once, maybe if this kind of poetry and this kind of art is something that's interesting to you. But um, but I you know, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's it's really a tough watch. So it's three stars and a like for me. I came in at the same place because I, I felt like two was too low because I, I agree that I it's not for me, but I think it is in terms of the artistry of the film and what it intends to do. It does it very, very well. And I think, yes, it intends to be boring. And so I may not enjoy that, but it does it well. It executes well what it intends to do, and that's why I, why I end up as a three, because it's not like I can point to all these flaws of, well, I was bored because of these failings in the film. No, I was bored because the film wanted me to be bored. So, I, yeah, I, I struggled with three stars, but right. I have to give it credit for successfully doing what it set out to do. But it's And I, and I put a like because, yeah, I... I didn't hate this movie like walking away like I didn't feel like oh this is time wasted and I'm angry that like I could have watched something else because I did appreciate what was going on in the story this is a film that will be hard to know who to recommend to because it's going to be somebody I know really really well about what they like this is not something where just at the water cooler at work can be like oh yeah hey you should check out Anomalisa I'm (laughs) you do that people are going to look at you oddly like oh is (laughs) 
Is that, is that what you think people substitute anomalies for puppet porn? Hey, yeah. you should check out puppet porn. <laughs> yes, and like exactly. tragic, tragic puppet porn. See where? No, where that's is, terrible. No, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is one that. <laughs> You have to know somebody really well before you may be willing to recommend this or suggest that they watch this because it's quite a disturbing experience and has an interesting dark outlook on people and and relationships and, and what a contrast from black yeah, just what a contrast, contrast from from yeah. what we watched last weekend for uh for the film board um yeah yes it's, it's it's it shows you how many different things can be done with this art form it's beautiful. I guess coming back to talk about Requiem for a Dream. Sure. So for our listeners out there that may be struggling with whether to watch this or not after this conversation, what what other films do you think might be sort of like signposts? Like if you like this type of film, Anomalisa might be a thing for you. Well, I think... You, I think you have to like Charlie Kaufman movies first okay. of all, yeah. Because you, because the, the grace went for both of our rating, giving it a three and a like. It's, it's, it's us giving the movie a lot of grace and a lot of respect for what it's trying to do. So you have to kind of, you have to feel okay with that kind of aspect of it. So if you liked. Uh, if you liked the dark parts of Eternal Sunshine for the Spotless Mind, yeah, this is yeah. going to be this this is going to be that without any of the feel good uplifting things that actually <laughs> kind of take place in that movie. Um, with no, this is Anomalisa is Eternal Sunshine with no hope. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, but and I think actually Requiem's a good a good selection for it too because if if you look at this movie, it's ninety minutes, so it's. It's it, it's a smaller it's a smaller version. It's it's a piece of those movies. It's 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 the dark tragedy of it. And then it's this really innovative thing of doing it with stop motion, which it, that can't be undersold that how how interesting that is to take this very, very human condition and explain it through this fantastical stop motion way. So those three things, I would say Charlie Kaufman, um, the sort of dark tragedy dark dark comic tragedies of of these other movies like requiem and then uh if you can apply that to stop motion and you're an adult kids should not see this movie oh no because of the graphic nature of what's there uh you've got to be an adult and you've got to be a pretty mature adult to be able to handle this movie too so that's uh, that's probably too long in terms of the recommendation but like you said you're gonna have to know someone really well (laughs) to bring up hey go check out anomalisa yeah so yeah yeah no i i think you really hit it right there as far as the cross-section of film film fans that this is going to appeal to i think that that intersection there's a unique audience for this film that will appreciate and perhaps even enjoy and like this movie i'm going to be interested to hear what andy thinks uh after having seen this if, if it's something that uh rises above you know his disappointment for synecdoche new york or if it languishes down there or if he has a very dark side to him that is going to enjoy and appreciate parts of this film so pete i i don't i i don't think i would want to wish this one on on pete i, I will try to shield him from this as much as well he did say he thought it would be underappreciated yes so we'll yeah, try see, to fig- yeah. figure out where he stands yeah on. jj here we say when the movie ends the conversation begins and i've enjoyed our mm-hmm. little talk about 
Anomalisa. Uh, but uh, it's time to start a new, another movie. What have you got uh, coming up next in your queue of movies that you're going to be watching? So from the library, I checked out Hacksaw Ridge, which I missed oh, in okay. the theater. Okay. So I'm really excited for it. I when it was out when it was in the theater i was not i it it didn't have anything into it that i was thought would be special but it was so acclaimed and uh and and everybody liked it so much that i took a look at i took a look at the jacket to be honest i read the jacket uh read who's in it read the story and the story sounds really interesting to me so i'm going to be checking out hacksaw ridge sometime in the next week good one. how about you uh well i'm i'm still trying to catch up on my oscar stuff but oh sure i have caught up on quite a few of them and i do want to report that i did get to see i tanya yay so i want to thank you for that recommendation and to me that is the way biopics should be made from now on. i agree it's just such an innovative way to tell the story i had a great time with that so i'm and no know, one can criticize them for some lack of journalistic integrity because they told all the sides of the story they said uh, this might have happened this might you know but it was oh, all yeah. in the perce- uh, yeah I, I i loved it i can't talk enough about it i tell you i think it's the best no the best in the in the crop this year no but i'm what i'm really looking forward to is i think this coming weekend is when annihilation comes out okay so sure. that's the you know alex garland sci-fi one with natalie portman that uh yep. based on a book the, lots of positive buzz i really enjoyed ex machina so i'm i'm looking for the I've got a sci-fi fanboy inside me that's just busting the seams for a lot of the stuff coming out later this year. But this is this is one one of those smart sci-fi films. So I'm really looking forward to and that. And Jennifer Jason Lee is in that. She is the oh, voice of Anomalisa. So that that's is, kind of a neat neat uh, parallel to what we're talking about that's, today. That's true. I completely forgot about that. Single white female. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Backdraft. <laughs> Are we just going to work? I like her. her. I like her, her stuff. <laughs> she's done a lot of great. No, movies. she's one of the. Uh, uh, oh, geez, David Cronenberg exi- existence. Oh, mm-hmm. I just saw that. Uh, yeah, Some, yeah, she's one of those. Yeah, she's got an interesting career. We should. Uh, tell pete and andy they need to do a jennifer jason lee series because i think there may be hey, some interesting that's a things. good idea yeah she's one of those uh she's got a big filmography she does and there's some really good stuff in there so cool there we go well for our listeners out there if you haven't already give us a rating and review on itunes it helps other film fans discover us and we hope that you will help people discover us because there's nothing more thrilling than discovering a group of like-minded fans online it's like finding another person that isn't a generic person like so many of the others out there and you can help The Next Reel by supporting us as a patron on patreon.com slash The Next Reel. Your support allows us to continue bringing you great shows like our Speakeasy series. And JJ, in addition to the support from the fans, did you know that one other thing that makes these episodes possible? What's that? It's the amazing Pete Wright. Thank you, yeah, Pete, right. for being out there editing our shows and making us sound great. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much, it, Peter Wright. It doesn't sound as good until he touches it. Oh, he makes That's for sure. He works his magic. But the best thing that you listeners can do out there is go watch a movie with a friend and then sit down and have a conversation about it. And if it's one that's been discussed on any of our shows, let us know. We love hearing from you. Hondo. Hondo. I 
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.